This is the Old Doctor Who Show, episode number 54, The Caves of Adrazani. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a joke, Debbie? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. Because the polarity of the neutron flows the TARDIS should be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's a unity. It's like a church. Resulting reaction. Describe it. Are you ready? Welcome to the old Doctor Who show, your classic uh, tri-weekly Doctor Who review podcast. Uh, every three weeks we get together. Every three weeks I tell you my name is Eric. And then uh, on that same three weeks, I tell you, my name's Dan. And that's how we solve the mystery of life. Who are we? Who, we, who are we? Today <laughs> who even on who, are we? who are we? Dan, how are, how are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. How's, uh, how's everyone weathering flu season? You know here what? In, uh, I keep hearing North from America. people, more and more people that are sick. I've got Ugh. clients of mine that are sick, house full of sick people. Our house this is so how far, it starts. Yeah, so far we're okay though. I don't want I oh, obviously good for you jinxing the whole thing, but you are it, not so good, right? I'm I'm starting I'm I'm getting under that weather, so uh, I hope it's not transmissible via audio, or I'm going to be infecting all of you. Cool. But I think this is the beginning of a sci-fi dystopian story. How, how uh, awful story. would this that is how... like uh, Law and Order uh, podcast virus episode? Or whatever. <laughs> Jeez. It's, like, you know, it's, an, it's an audio pathogen. It's in the file. It's in the digital file. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's so a computer virus, virus becomes a real virus. It's yeah, from garage. I feel, no, that must have happened. There must have be at least twenty thousand horrible sci-fi shows that no one watches, where yeah, the computer horrible. virus define became a horrible. real. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I guess we're defining downwards now, but. <laughs> hey yo! All right, hey, so, uh, I do we have any like uh, pre-talk? Because I got I can't wait to talk about the caves. No, uh, I think story. we should jump right into this one, and then at the end of this uh, of our review, yes, we, have we do have a bunch of feedback to to get to. So let's save some time for that, and why don't we just go uh, jump into the caves? Okay. All right, Dan. So hit the button, and let's take All us right. deep, deep underground, uh, where the sweet, sweet smell of spectrox fills the air, uh, and we all, right. all uh, bend our minds. Who is that? Government snoop, sir. Take off the blindfold. Ah, I thought I recognized the voice. Something is happening I don't quite understand. He calls himself the doctor, sir. I know that stops. Be quiet. I need time to think. Executions are hoax. The general is obtuse, but he's a loyal government servant. He would not have deceived me unless, unless his orders came from a higher authority. Who's your employer, Doctor? Who are you acting for? I'm not acting for anyone. I was just passing through. I happen to get mixed up in this pathetic little local war. I am the richest man in the whole of the five planets. You tell me the truth and I will reward you beyond your wildest dreams. I am telling the truth. I keep telling the truth. Why is it no one believes me? He's a government snoop, sir. Stick a few electrodes in him. You'll soon talk. If he'd been sent by the government, I'd know. My people on the Presidium would have told me. No. Somebody in a very high position told Chalak to fake the execution. I don't know if it's faked. Maybe they were just bad shots. It can only have been the president. Baltimore native Perpigillian Brown and the doctor set down on a barren planet for a bit of spelunking, only to get caught up in a war between an interplanetary corporate conglomerate, gun-running mercenaries, and a mad robotics genius with an army of androids. Perry discovers the source of the struggle, a substance called Spectrox, which can extend life, by stepping on the highly toxic, unrefined source, poisoning herself and the doctor. A multi-part pastiche of Dune and Phantom of, of the Opera ensues, with multiple double crosses, android duplicates, gunfire galore, and a race to milk a mama bat. Can the Doctor save Perry? <laughs> Can he save himself? And will the mad Shrez Jack find love? All of the answers lie in the caves of Androzani. Wow, that's what a really good synopsis. <laughs> fire myself, Dan. Good work. Off the top of my head. That was all spontaneous. So this is uh, March of 1984. Uh, the writer was Robert Holmes, who is... Uh, we man, him. this guy. This guy's got some hits. We got Spearhead from Space, Terror of the Autons, Carnival of Monsters, Deadly Assassin, 
talons of Wang Chang. I mean, this is no, just a he's ton the, of he's the best, and we have not great seen him stuff since Power of Kroll. So it's finally nice to have him Power back. of Kroll. Um, and then it's uh, directed by Graham Harper. This is his first solo directorial um, episode story. Uh, he was uncredited, I guess, for part of Warriors Gate, but starts with this one, and then actually continues on through through the um, the uh, modern era. Of who? Yeah, so I mean, this is I pretty say, awesome. we've seen his name uh, many times. So he's been involved in the show, right? So we've seen him right. mention Warriors Gate. And, but let's uh, just jump into the actual stuff. But yeah, he did. director's seat. This is kind of awesome. Uh, so we got that, and obviously uh, directed by uh, JNT. Uh, so Eric, by JNT, not directed. That's by. That's what I meant to say. It's always this pretty, whole, shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Uh, yeah, uh, Eric, uh, I get to ask you me. first for the first time. I'm not used to in a long time. What did you think of this? I story? love it. Oh. It's one of my favorite stories. Mm-hmm. I will say, right. watching it now a second time uh, after having watched all of the stuff that we've watched, I liked it even mm-hmm. better. It's so mm-hmm. good, and it's just like so interesting, and the characters are all interesting, and there's lots of yeah, you know, politics going on. Plus, we, you mentioned Dune, my love of Dune. There's a lot of Dune uh, stuff going on here. You've got a desert type planet. You've got mm-hmm. a, a spice melange. In this case, it's called uh, Spectrox. Spectrox. Not the best name. I think nope. they want to. It's a cleaning agent, too. Yeah, that sounds a little <laughs> bit more like something that probably could have got workshopped a little bit. But you have it coming from a uh, dangerous animal and like all the stuff, like in. There's like the milking of the bat is a sort of a unique take. You can just drink it straight from the tap, which is, <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> But I thought the acting was great. Like, every character was great. I thought the um, – the who's the main bad guy that's sort of playing both sides? Uh, Morgus. Morgus. I thought he was excellent. Uh, Shara's Jack, who every time they said the first part, I was not sure what Shara's yeah. or Shara's. And then I thought it was Jack, J-A-C-K. And when you looked it up, it's J-A-K or J-E-K. J-E-K, yeah. Uh, but he was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I thought that actor was great. This is the most fun I've had with the doctor, Peter Davison. I thought he was excellent. I really liked Perry. Like, you see, although you find out she's an android, but I did love their execution what? at the end oh. of part one. <laughs> what were you going to say? The whole time. The whole time she was an android. No, I thought you were going to do. A, I thought you were going to do a bit about. Never mind. Oh, okay. Fine. Go ahead. Yep, no, no, yeah, no. yeah. In all seriousness, but that part. Like, yes. You know, they're about to get executed. She's got one yes. line. She's like, "Get it over with." Just get it over with. Or whatever. Yeah. Which was cool. Stoic. But then you're like, "Okay, it's not even her. It's a robot." It doesn't even. What did you robot. think, Dan? I, I've um, gone off too much. This is one of my least favorite stories of ever. No, this was uh, overall. I really liked it a lot for many of the same reasons you did. It is by no means a perfect episode uh, or a perfect story. I'm sorry. I. That said, I, I don't know which which I would rate higher than this. I know that this um, <clears throat> years ago uh, one uh, was was rated the, the yeah it's most often loved on episode list, uh, t- top list. But I mean, yeah, from the to doctor, know what you didn't like about it then because it's okay. Not quite perfect. So overall, well, let me see what I did like. Overall, I, I agree. I, I I liked the the um, depth of the story because every character had oh, so much going on. I mean, even some of the minor characters like Stotts and, and Chellick and everyone had, had motivations and had um, Stotts is all the these rebel leaders. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they all had something else going on under the surface. So there were, there were tensions between different dynamics between different groups of people, which was really kind of cool. The sets were pretty, pretty good um, and varied. So we had like shots on, the planet inside the caves, inside Shares um, Jack's uh, laboratory, inside the base, on a ship, you know, just all of that was really good. Another thing I've noticed, this is just a tangent, but over the past couple of years, at least, the miniatures they use for, especially for shots of spacecraft, have gotten really good. I, I love the use of actual practical, yeah. um, practical effects and and the use of miniatures. And it, I mean, it's nowhere near like Industrial Lights and Magic or anything, but it looks really, really convincing. Some of it in this one, the only reason I mentioned that, some of that in this one looked a little off <laughs> because the way that the ship was just kind of flying around in yeah, orbit looked kind of silly. Too much of that, but yeah, there, but the detail looks ex- good. Yeah, exterior shots where they do show those ships moving yeah, around. Yeah, and I, I think I wanted to mention that in like one of the previous um, stories as well. It just, it, 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 it that looks really great. Um, the acting for the most part was very good. Um, I actually I feel that the weakest performance is is Perry's Nicola Bryant's. 
I don't know if the reason I don't like Perry's performance in this story is because I just don't know the, the character well enough, so I don't know what her motivations are um, and, and the choices the actress are, is making. I'm sure over the course of time I'm going to like her much more. I think it's always the case for me as the new characters I kind of feel a little iffy about and then tend to to really like see also Adric. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think her, her accent is the thing that really just kills me. That's why I mentioned she's the Baltimore native, because it's just, it's not even an American accent, let alone a Baltimore accent. Um, but it's better than my British accent, so that's cool. Did you did you notice, taking a party, there's a lot of the doctor physically moving her out of the way. Like, there's at least two times where the doctor picks her up by her arms and just moves her. He picked I don't know. Her, I don't... her at one time to talk to Jack, and then another time she's like in front of him where he needs to go, and he's constantly sort of moving her like she's a piece of furniture. Yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. The, the greatest. Uh... Well, she ends up turning turning out to be kind of the MacGuffin later in the story, and he actually has to carry her around because she's about to die. I mean, she just sets the things in motion, and then just is a pawn throughout the story. She's the object of, of desire for um, Shares Jack. She is the motivating force for the doctor to go milk a bat, which I think he would have done anyway, because why he wouldn't you? If you're on Androzani, you're going to milk a bat. Like, it's in all the brochures. Um, but so everything else was really was really interesting. Even the minor characters, uh, like Timon, who was the um, who was the CEO Morgus's assistant, who ends up double-crossing oh, yes, him yes, at yes, the yes. end and turning him in. Yes. She was awesome. She was, awesome. Great too, she was such was a, like good, a nice good, twist. Good performance and really cool character. So on top of that, that was really great. I thought one thing just to, to speak about Perry a little bit more. Yeah. I hear you on a lot of that stuff because we haven't sort of figured out. But I thought her yeah. acting, aside from the voice or the the accent, yeah, yeah, was good. Like I felt like when she was but, dying and when she – like I felt she yeah. was selling a lot of the drama and it wasn't a lot of screaming. Is she going just, to be this whiny the whole time? When she falls – <laughs> well, we'll come back to it when she when she steps on the the chrysalis or whatever that has the right, the, the raw substance, and, and she gets it on her legs. She's just whining. It hurts the whole. Dan, but she's but like ever... like a like a toddler. She's whining, and it was I don't know that that kind of bugged me. For me personally, I didn't I didn't have <clears throat> the same uh, reaction to her as you. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, later on, she's she does. I think I agree. She as she's getting sick and and the the tension is ratcheting up, um, and then especially when she's unconscious, she's really good. Um. <laughs> she's good. <laughs> right, and she does play into the whole. She's fine, she's, you know, a damsel in distress. The, the and I don't and like that. I to rescue her. Yeah, um, I mean, we have we've had examples of this in the past, but then you know, previous the female companions recently have been such strong characters, um, you know. It, it just kind of feels like a step backwards in a way. But, again, I don't know where she's going to go with this, uh, with the character. So, as it develops, it could be something I like that, that the Spectrox looks like cocaine in Ziploc bags. <laughs> that When mm. they take out the kilos of it. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. just like a ridiculous amount of white powder. Like, it doesn't this look is the like... This It could man. have been anything, but they're like... It, yeah. straight. it probably was cocaine. To it probably was. Like, yeah, Jack probably already had it um, for his own shenanigans. And they were just yeah, yeah, yeah. in, like, dumb Ziploc bags. I was waiting oh, for no, the it's... scene of Jack to, like, cut into it with a knife and taste <laughs> it, just you know? Right that off scene. of the blade. And we all stop doing that because... Now it's going to leak everywhere. You're going to need another just, bag. Yeah, just open the bag. Just exactly. open it. It's a Ziploc. You can just peel it open. That's the whole point, really. Yeah, I, I think there was a huge scandal in the mid-80s, the BBC, that they were just putting Coke in every episode just because they wanted to buy it in bulk. Uh, it's just they get a discount if they... Uh... You got a discount when you buy in bulk, yeah. Um, so so those are the things that... The things that I liked overall... Um, with with a guarded, you know, an asterisk on Perry's performance because I'm I, I think I'm just not not there yet. Uh, the things I didn't like, the things that didn't work so well. Oh no, one of the things I loved actually was the direction, the the style, the direction. Um, you know, reading about this as well because it struck me how much of this felt uh, more handheld. Yeah, and apparently it's, it's, that was the case. So after reading it, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. The shots they're getting are not typical. A lot of over the shoulder shots. Interesting framing. Right. It felt like a film. Like, even yeah. the, the look of it, it did yeah. not look like videotape. Although it probably or, or was. But they did a ton maybe. of, like, yeah, really sure clever use of lighting and fog. Yeah. And, like, you mentioned Moody the, the lighting sets. Too. The sets could have been boring, like, when they're just in the caves. But, mm-hmm. like, when they had just all the fog accompanying with the music, like, it really yeah. set a really good tone and mood and... 
for what they had, I, I felt like it was pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I I just think the direction was really spot on on this one. Um, and apparently, like uh, the style of direction that, that Graham Harper's uh, kind of um, laying down here in this this first his first kind of foray is something that kind of becomes a known thing. The way that he kind of does some of his shots and reuses them throughout. Um, the other stories that he directs. Speaking of reusing things, did you think it yeah. was interesting that when they make the clone of the guy, they he also is able to copy his tracksuit like down down to the like not only are they oh. cloning people and then like sort of using them to infiltrate the uh, yeah the enemy, but they he's also got perfect copies of the clothing. That's a so, pretty impressive. So the, although I guess they all the wear thing that you have to suit. the the. The part that you have to suspend your disbelief for is not that he's able to make perfect replicants the guy's of, 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 of not just that guy, but of Perry and the doctor, presumably within minutes of yeah. seeing them. It's it's the detail of the tailoring he's that you uh, – his armies of androids that are actually working in a sweatshop. And he has racks and – he has seasons worth of clothes. So he just pulled stuff off the rack and altered it. I mean he's got a, a show coming up that uh, it's going to blow people's minds in Milan. Doesn't Jack say at one point when he's mad at somebody, he's like, you and your features – because his face is missing features. Yeah, no, there's like a weird like zinger that's full of all of his own inter- uh, eternal. No, things. you and your features. You and your t- face and features. And yeah, it's more ears. telling about him than it is the person he's making fun uh, of. He he was all, all over the place. That guy in a good way. Okay, like, so I was saying the, the the things that I liked and 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 the overwrought performances were they worked fine. Um, the things I didn't like would be the mud m- monster, the oh, yeah, dinosaur. Li- yeah, li- yeah. It, it didn't have looked a it's horrible. It looked yeah, horrible. Right. It was one of the worst I've seen in years, and it looked like it was bits and pieces from previous monsters kind of put together. Uh, and, but they had to have the addition of a gigantic six pack on it. Yeah, the, the thing just made no sense and just looked absolutely ridiculous. If it had been more of a, you know, a quadruped sort of something or other, instead of a guy in a suit standing up, like it, it just looked horrible. I would agree with you, and on there that. was and. There was no real need for it. No, that, like, I don't I think it say, served a lot of purpose yeah, that, that's to the what story. My point, what I was going to get at was okay. I agree with you in the fact that it's not really necessary. It almost feels like we need to have a monster in the cave, so let's put one there. It's not really yeah, connected yes. to the Spectrox. Because like, the Spectrox comes from bats, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, you would expect it to be some kind of bat monster or even the... You know, the mama monster. something that they would have to milk, but it's basically sure. kills one of the guards or one of the soldiers, and then later the doctor finds it dead and says, "It's a bad day for you too, right?" Because he, when he's yeah. when the doctor's going where the oxygen is very Zing. low in K level, or like the the, the way they look at that that screen and it looks like you know an old video game, or it looks like an Atari it is. I swear game. to God, it's Dig Dug. Yeah, I went had no, I had to go. I went when I saw this. I immediately paused the video, went over, opened another browser tab, and went to like that retro game site that you can play all the games on. And I, I well, I ended up spending like uh, half an hour playing that and Mr. Do. Other than that, it, that's exactly what it Mr. Looked Do like. versus Dig Dug. Which one? Which camp are you in? Oh, only because I grew up playing a lot more Mr. Do. Mr. I Do probably was, I like Mr. Do too. Although and, Dig and, Dug is inflating people until they explode. It's super dark, but I always liked. Mr. Do, though, had many, many sequels. It did. Um, and, and, it, and it got, yes, yeah. and it got progressively more surreal. Like, it got real weird um, towards the end, like a fever dream sort of uh, arcade games. I probably pumped hundred something dollars and quarters into That's the Mr. Spectrox Do. So. Work. It's the Spectrox. Um, yeah, so that 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 was that was kind of crazy. So so that that creature, both in its design, its ex- execution, and its even its presence in the story, were completely unnecessary. The other thing I didn't quite like so much, because it's just so weird and it took me out of it, was um, when oh Morgus, <clears throat> the CEO, has his asides straight to camera. I like that. It's so weird. It doesn't it make any. It feels. It like doesn't make any in a way sen- that he's sure sort of delivering these. But that's not the world we're in. I know. Like if, I, I, if they wanted to do that, he could have been talking to someone else. He could have been recording it into like a voice memo. He could have been doing anything. Like there was no need to do that exposition into camera. And and that started with the first appearance of him. You know, it starts um, right it's off. over the shoulder. He's literally talking over to the shoulder, and then he's like, as if they're not. He turns hear around uh, and then gives a little 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 uh, winking twitch in his eye. 
Yeah, that's, I like that, it. That really okay for me. I, guess like, it's I actually thought that that was a cool <clears throat> thing. Yes, having that little bit where he's, you know, doing these what are they called uh, soliloquies? Yeah, like when or side or yeah. whatever. They could have did it like Dune and just had like the voiceover because David Lynch's Dune, I think, would have been out at this point. It's eighty four, so yeah. Um, I don't know. I I, I I see where you're coming <clears throat> from, but for me, I kind of I kind of dug it. It, it it just the fact it actually pulled me out of it. I I wondered what I actually wondered is he talking to someone? So I rewound it to see like did I look away and I missed that <laughs> there's someone else in the room he's talking to camera off just camera they suck all that he keeps little spectrox and I it's just not related to that though but like I just love Robert Holmes the way he does his stories and stuff and there's always the he hates sort of corporations, or you get the sense. Yeah, always like, yeah. And the, 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 the melding of corporations and politics, like all the scenes between the president and that guy, I thought were great. What did you think of the plot line, though, of him simultaneously funding the very rebels that he's overseeing their destruction? Like the fact that he was playing yeah. both sides of the thing. I thought that was very cool. And like the the reveal that they're you know the the gun runners are actually working for the guy that's also working for uh, what's the general's yeah. name? I can't remember. Oh, um, but I uh, thought that was cool. I thought that was like a Stoltz It was like a very Chalik. sort of. Uh, I like. I like that too. That's why I, at the beginning I, I said one of the things I like is is how how complex the story is without falling into the trap that they sometimes do where it's just overly complex for no reason and we're trying to explain the story to each other because we couldn't quite get it this one seemed uh complicated but actually internally the internal logic was obvious and it made sense it was it was i i like that a lot i i, I liked how they were playing against each other um and then you also just had i like that we had some straight up evil characters like uh Very i guess it was stott's yeah, Stotts, who was I, I, that, I think that was the the leader of the the mercenary group, the Gunrunners, who threatens the one guy's life by with a knife over the, over the over a ledge. Like a poison ca- uh, tooth, not Dune, but they give him like a poison <clears throat> capsule and like they try to make him bite down on it and die. Right, right. It's just is it, that what that, it was? I thought it was just with a knife. But sure. Yeah, so no. He tries he, to kill him. He puts it in his mouth and the guy was that was, it at the end. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. But, That's right. Yeah, he's horrible. And even at the end, when his Kills two them. guys don't want to back him, he guns him down. Guns him Everybody down. Everybody dies. And guns him down and then laughs. Yeah. Which was awesome. He was yes. good. Like, he had, like, a really sick, psychotic character that he sold. I thought he was, like... Yeah. Yeah. But everybody dies in this, right? I mean, uh, yeah, the body lives. count is huge. I, yeah. Except, um... Don't they all well, die? Timmon, who was the the CEO's assistant woman, who oh, right, uh, takes yes. over. Everybody she was off planet, planet, so everyone on the planet dies. Doctor, though, uh, obviously, yeah. even the doctor dies. So it's just <clears throat> that's true. Even the doctor just, dies. Actually, uh, Perry's the only one that Perry's the only one that lives. Yeah, and I don't know. Mm. We, do we want to get there yet? Nah, let's go through the the rest of this first. Um, I have a question. Okay. The the celery. They explain the celery. Oh yeah, they actually s- finally give us a reason for its existence. It's sort of a canary in the coal mine type thing, yeah. where it's going to turn yeah. purple. I think he says purple if it's if, if one of the substances that is allergic to. It also is a that filtration system that you could put under someone's nose to get the. Well, it was a restorative that the smell <laughs> is supposed to be like smelling salts. I guess. They even say like Weird. the guy's like, well, "What's that?" He's like, "It's celery," as if like, "Oh, that's going to explain." <laughs> Uh, oh, of course, I was celery. Yeah, that. Was- but so they mentioned the the purple celery, but it doesn't turn purple, right? Okay, I thought it was a checkoff thing. Like if there's a gun in Act One, it's going to go off in Act Three. So I thought it was just like, oh, here we're planting this flag. So later when it turns purple, we'll have that. Okay, I'm actually glad they didn't do that because that I hate that. I hate like here's the thing we've never talked about before. We're going to explain it right now, and then it's going to be relevant to the story later on. So I'm actually glad they did that. Right. Yeah, that His was cool. His very last uh, storyline is <sighs> when you actually find out what it is, and you're still what it not is. quite sure. Like, why did yeah. any of the other doctors before or after need this celery alert now, system? Well, we don't know. Their their our pockets are are many dimensions, so maybe they just yes, always like, have I'm not celery in there. On my lapel. Am I weird? Right. I'm just gonna keep my keep my pocket like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> The androids themselves were a pretty cool design. I, I love that just, design. Uh, I actually the whole design. So like you have like the very eighties leather bound yeah. guy with the sort of the almost the S and M mask that he's wearing. Might as well have had yeah. a zipper for the mouth. Uh, that would have been great. I thought 
that whole with thing the fake, was very well Oh, my gosh. Designed. With the fake eye, with the super – if there was a, a profile shot of him with the fake eye, uh, his left eye, and these eyelashes that must have been two inches long going off of his face. It just looks so freaking creepy, the dead eye and that, yeah, and that mask. Yeah, it looked good. Awesome. And even when you see Which him really, his mask, like the horror show there, that, that totally worked. The I think it worked, cool. it worked really well because they kept it brief. You didn't yeah. see a whole lot of it. You just saw a bit, and you're like, "Ooh, that's." And then and that the was, first that time was it comes great. off, we don't, as a viewer, don't see it. We, we just see, see their it. reaction, which helps build it up for later when you yeah. actually do. I thought yeah. that was cool. The I thought the who is the guy that was a sort of the double agent? He was a uh, android plant. Uh, Salatine. Salatine, yes. He, yeah, he was, he was great. Really intense. Yeah. Like some of his like once you found out that he was an <clears throat> android, and they would have like you'd see his. POV, or he was doing all these like weird face things as he's sort of yeah. looking through the wall yeah. and reading the heat signature on... Uh... It was all in his eyes. He did a lot more performing with his eyes yeah. <laughs> once we found out that he was uh, an android. And everybody but then was even... bad. Like, even when they're... Yeah. Uh, he's, you find out he's actually a, a captor of Jax and the Doctor yes. and Perry. He, they don't he's become been there for friends. Months. Like, in most no. storylines, they would become friends, but still the guy is a horrible person. Like, everybody's horrible. Yeah, I mean, he explains that he's he doesn't want to be their friend, really. I mean, the reason he hates that they're there is because he thinks now that uh, Jack has these other two to keep him company, he's yeah, going to be, be killed. killed. And then when they find when he finds out that they've been poisoned, he laughs and is like, "Oh well, you're going to die." Yeah, so I guess I'm okay. I'm cool. For you know, way too long. Yeah, um, and yeah. then he's like, he's then, like sort of camera, the front of the camera, looking and laughing and smiling. Uh, it's really, really weird. And then he even gets he's worse later because he when he kidnaps Perry. I mean, he doesn't really kidnap her, but he kidnaps her when the doctor um, gets knocked unconscious after they made their escape. Um, he uses her as a human shield. He does when the android is shooting at them. Yeah. I, He's horrible. He's I love it. There's so many horrible, horrible characters. Now, what is the reason they're keeping Perry? They make a mention that they need her well. Uh, and this is the um, – uh, not Morgus. Chelek. Uh, Chelek is the general? Yes. Or the whatever whatever the guy is. He's like, make sure yeah. she stays safe because she's going to lead them to, to Jack's secret hideout, right? That's why they're keeping her. I think her. that's why, yeah. But well, the other guy But I thought that's what is. Salatine – yeah, Salatine. Yeah. So no. it was like – I wasn't quite sure why they needed well, to make sure she was ready to lead them when they had a guy who's already been there for longer. Right. She probably knows the area better. Because she's beautiful. So beautiful. So very yeah, beautiful. He's such a creep, man. And when such she's lying down, he's lying over her and his hand's moving down her body. That was like Jack, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But just yeah. the way that he. Yeah. yeah. It's just weird. It's just really yeah. uncomfortable. It was super uncomfortable. <laughs> I loved it. It was so – I mean everyone – the whole feel of this just felt like a real society and it had a lot of history to it. And you know, this yeah, this struggle has been going on for a long time and uh, huge body count apparently because it's going to take them – based on the their slow like progression through the case, it's going to take them five years and hundreds of people are going to die to get to um, yeah, Jack. So I mean it's just – And Morgan, yeah, uh, he assassinates the president – Oh my God, goes crazy. So he starts assuming that the doctor is a plant from the president. And he throws him down right. the elevator shaft. Yeah. And then he orders the execution of some poor schlub who's actually in charge of the elevator. So it's right, like even right. people you haven't even met is just being executed. Like it's such a dark, horrible world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a real pick. I mean, he kind of he obviously gets his his comeuppance he whenever he uh, is is going to get turned in, and he loses all of his wealth and. I think ultimately dies, so he really does get it. But um, yeah. What else do we uh? What else do well, we want to talk got about the here? Death of the Doctor eventually to get to. Do you want to? Which was also brought to you by uh, Perry's cleavage, which became self-aware. So you have this like dramatic death sequence, and at the same time, all as you see. Uh, do you, did you notice? That? Do you stand out of this one being? Yep. Strange, strangely, <laughs> as a gay fella, that didn't really quite say, register you, in the that's same a way. Perfect. That's a perfect sort of scientific <laughs> experiment. Of where my eyes were almost forced to go. Where your eyes were. I, I did not notice. Well, yeah. So that's like because that's the last scene. Though in the previous story, um, her ladies did take uh, center stage on the boat. So I think I think we had a sense yeah. of running well, theme here next for Perry. Time you watch this dramatic death of the Doctor. <laughs> keep your eyes open. I will. I will. I'll... But what did you think about his whole? 
death and the way they did it were companions popping out of his mouth uh, and circling <laughs> his head and then the master coming. It was great seeing everybody. Yeah. Um, they've done... Okay. But I have But comedians in there. It's like... Oh, uh, boy. How much of an impression <laughs> did you really make on this guy? They got him running... You know. All right, so I got I have impressions of this just based on watching it, and then others based on having read some of the production stuff on this. But um, yeah, so so that whole if we just want to talk about the actual death sequence, um, that was an odd choice of companions to show. Um, they were the most recent ones. We they got were Nissa. All of his though, right? So that was yes. everybody that Peter Davison was with. So that was fine. Uh, uh, Chameleon though, just absolutely made no sense whatsoever. Well, I- I guess they they were like, he doesn't have a lot when you think about it. I mean, it's Nisa, Adric, Tegan, and... I guess that's okay, yeah. Who? Yeah. Like, Perry, right? That's it. Yeah. And then, and, uh, oh, Turlow. Who, oh, Turlow, of course, Turlow. Yeah. I guess it is enough. They could have cut, cut Chameleon. <laughs> they could have cut Chameleon. That would have been li- fine. Just the four of them. I did like that it was specific to Peter Davison's doctor. So we didn't right. have to see, which we talked about before. It seems like every time... He's close to death. We're seeing every single either version of the Doctor or all these companions. So it was like nice to see just Peter Davison's run sort of celebrated before he he goes. That's right. I mean, was it? It was just as recent as Resurrection of the Daleks that we had him on a table with all the companions. Right, well, the, almost all yeah, doing the same doing the same thing. thing. So that it is a little weird to have that come again so soon. Why did they come out of his mouth? That was like why did they come out of his mouth? Popping around and floating around and. <laughs> And what's so weird is, well, I don't know, like, that was just in his mind, right? It wasn't like a real thing happening. No, I don't think anybody there, else was watching the... Because there is apparently some a prose story okay. that touches on this that actually makes it canon that they were... Wait, what? That the mask... Yeah, okay. This is weird. I'm not going to... I just read the synopsis of it, so I don't know the full story of it, but apparently uh, the Master uses his telepathic link to the Doctor via Chameleon to try to prevent the Doctor from regenerating. And it's only through the help of his companions pulling him through that he actually is able to regenerate. That does not make any sense. Does that because sound horrible? The, uh, Master horrible. have been the first reveal, and then the companions would have circled well, him. And Well, also the Master we saw, the last we saw the Master, he immolated How so that even work though i don't I didn't read it inside the doctor uh, yeah i don't know i mean he i don't know it's a te- it was a telepathic link and the do- and the chameleon's dead too so right so, well but i guess depending on the timeline or, i don't like that reading i just thought it was sort of the doctor thinking about it why would anyone even choose yeah. to uh, take that and run with it as part of another story when there's so much other gonna, good yeah, stuff i'm gonna go forward thinking that was in his mind and that was i agree i think that was the intent when the story was filmed so that we'll just go with that but that was that was weird um what do you think of the of this doctor's last words his last word was adric question mark oh yeah that was his actual last word it was like adric like he couldn't even believe yeah you know and then maybe adric still yeah who knows so i mean yeah it was it was that that was it was it's silly in a way that Adric would be his last word, but it's also fairly poignant. Uh, maybe does it express you know some regret on his part uh, that Adric died? That you know, I, I guess. Absolutely. But it just felt a little silly that that was his yeah, his but, last word. But what what about? I thought you were going to say something else. What did you think yes, about ahead. the new Doctor reveal and his first words? I hate him. I already. hate him so much. It like, I it really is like don't like hit him with a hammer. He just seems Ugh. like a jerk. Frying pan to like the a, face. Like a not a good jerk either. Just like no. a, ugh, this pompous a hole. Uh, were you expecting someone else? Or is uh, that what he says? Something like that? Yes. Or something? Yes. Uh, I, I, I. That's three eyes and one breath. It makes it sound this. very egocentric. I, I, I change in just in time. Like, sh- shut up. <laughs> I'm not thrilled. I'm not thrilled. Oh, it's not a good. It's not a good first impression. And I from – I hate spoilers and reading ahead, but apparently – so this was the highest rated story in that reader poll uh, way back when from the Doctor Who magazine. The next story is the lowest rated one. Yeah, I've heard. I've not seen it. So that's pretty horrifying. I, I'm not excited. Maybe it'll be a good thing to watch something that everybody hates. Maybe we'll find something I, I good guess. or just enjoy it for being – I'd be happy to ridicule it. That'd be great. But I am not looking forward – so I'm not looking forward <laughs> to the fact that 
from what I've seen of the two seconds of, of Colin Baker, I don't like this uh, portrayal. Of course, perhaps I'm going to give, I'm obviously going to give him a chance. We're going to watch it. So whatever. Um, we know in the modern who that these regenerations and even some of the ones that we've seen previously, they're a little bit wonky at the beginning until they settle into what, who this, who the, who the character is. And, and not just who the, who the actor thinks the character is, but like the actual doctor himself is trying to figure out like coming through the regeneration. uh, Who am I? That sort of thing. So I'll be charitable and chalk it up to that right now. Speaking of, of what you just said. Yeah. Or building on it rather. Every other doctor so far that we've seen when they're, in that, you know, they just regenerated. They're mm-hmm. vulnerable. They're sort of mm-hmm. confused. Mm-hmm. They're not quite 100% there. Even Peter Davison, yep. right? They had to put him in a zero room or whatever, like that whole thing. Yeah, right. Yet Colin Baker is instantly him and instantly mm-hmm. has an attitude about it. Like, it's a, it's weird, you know, because for the, it's the only time we've really ever seen someone immediately be like, okay, I'm the, it's, everything's changed. I'm the doctor. Let's, let's go. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, he's not yes. sort of out of it, like, asking, who am I? Or looking at his ears or saying, you know what I mean? Like, right. he's got right. all this confidence that's not flattering. So, I don't know. Not at all. It's just, it's, I mean, it's yeah, I mean, you had way to do it. This, this was all kind of established with the second Doctor when he, when the first Doctor regenerates into the second Doctor, he has all these comments about, you know, uh, these types of things. Like, getting to know, like, oh, this is different and yeah. things like that, which was, and played expertly. Um, yeah, this is just, goes from, goes from one doctor that I wasn't super fond of, but I grew to appreciate more, especially after this story. I think this is obviously, like you said before, this is Davison's best story, the uh, performance, uh, best, um, uh, story in terms of like what actually happens and what he has to go through and his best performance in the way that he portrays the doctor, I think. Yeah. He's, and then you immediately go from his himself. height. It's, it's, yeah. It's, goes from the height of that character into this one, which is just a full stop, like record scratch. It was real, Yeah, it definitely felt like a record scratch. And I'm wondering, and I didn't do any research about when this was written and script-wise or whatever, was all of that part of the script, or was that whoever, you know, is taking over, like, who's writing the next, like, who's writing those lines? Was that, maybe that was, you know... I don't know. I know that, right, right. So what you're kind of referring to or alluding to is in Modern Who, and this is what establishes this is the first time we've seen a Doctor regenerate and actually have lines in the episode in which he regenerates. Um, typically, to this point, it had been, you'd see, maybe see the regeneration, and then the next story starts with a new Doctor. Um, that happened with Davison. You see him, uh, Baker turn into Davison, but he doesn't have any lines, and we go into the next one. <clears throat> so this is the first time that happens, but that's, that is now standard in uh, Modern Who, and in that case, the current writer and showrunner would have done everything up to that point, and then at that point, the the new script and uh, new showrunner yeah, so I don't know if it was over like for the last Eric two Seward seconds. I don't think somebody, that was the case. Yeah, who knows? It doesn't matter. I didn't see any reference to that anyway. Um, but that does that is very interesting because Graham Harper has such a um, interesting uh, style and take on on how he portrayed the Doctor in this story, and, and you know up to this point as well. That if he set Colin Baker on this course with those ridiculously horribly offensive, not offensive in the, you know, just offend, offending my sensibilities, um, it's interesting that he could have actually set Colin Baker off on this track to be the douchiest of doctors. Yeah, it's weird, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see. And it's also interesting, too, this is a re- uh, regeneration that happens not at the end of the season. So the, the right. 21st season. There's another part, which is that first Colin Baker story, which we'll see next, Twin Dilemma, Ugh, which is not the start of a new season. It's the end of this season. The end so of this season. Yeah. That is very strange. Colin Baker, who that's we've seen of... before in what was the other episode or storyline where he oh, played a guard uh, yes. at the, in Gallifrey, right? Yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Obviously, it's not the I'm, same I'm person, looking at the stories to see which one it was. Colin uh, Baker in right. Doctor Who. Yeah. All right. So Peter Davison, we've seen a bunch of him now. Uh, we've had bye bye mixed feelings. Now that it's over, do I, what, how do you sort of rank him? Not necessarily um, wise, but do you like him more or less? Or oh yeah, I like. I, I think that he grew perhaps the most of any doctor that we've seen to this point over the course of his, his tenure. Um, 
I think well, maybe maybe with the exception I don't know of the first Doctor because we didn't really see a whole lot of of his stories, um, and I feel like that probably has the most of like well what was this character they didn't really know what the character was at all um, through that run until later. So, but I mean, in terms of you know second Doctor, third Doctor, fourth Doctor, they were all pretty much what they were from the beginning to the end. Um, they didn't stray too far from that. I think Tom Baker because he had so much. He he had the character for so long, was able to to take it in interesting places, but it was always essentially the same character. I feel like uh, Davison kind of went from being so snotty and dismissive to everyone to only being snotty and dismissive to particular people. Just a Deacon. Identified her and just and just let it all out on her. He's he's my least favorite of the original Doctors. There's plenty of his stories that I really like. But uh, Tom Baker definitely is always going to be my favorite, and I prefer Pertwee to Davison. So, yeah, I agree. But in any case, we again, there's some Peter Davison stories that we have not done. So there's more <clears throat> we'll, to him. We'll, we'll come back. Yeah, we'll go back, and maybe we'll we'll change our minds. But good. Yeah, I mean, great way to end. This is one of the best endings to a Doctor that we've seen. And for me, you know, you said it wasn't quite perfect, and I feel like you you still liked it. I love this one. I did like it, yeah. I, I, I liked it very much. Probably um, one of my favorites with, uh, you know, Genesis of the Daleks is up there, too, but this one I thought was really good. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I don't, like I said, I don't think it was perfect, but I don't know which story that we've done that I would actually rank above it, but that's mostly because I have no memory of anything else we've ever reviewed. Yeah, that's the other thing. Um, except I forget for what it. we're watching it, right like, Also, speaking of forgetting things, I have a note that says, quote, oh. he can't touch himself in referring to Jack, because was he complaining at one point? I have that as well. That that's a note for me. He can't touch himself. Poor guy. I who was once comely cannot bear to touch myself. Poor guy. <laughs> that's, that's rough. Personal problem that that's I think rough. he's got. Well, he's so... He he does not like the way he looks. Right. But to answer my questions that I set at the outset, um, uh, can the doctor save Perry? Yes. Can he save himself? Not really. Not he, gets, no. he has to regenerate. And will uh, Shrez Jack find love? And he does in the arms of he the does. Salatini yeah, android. What a sweet moment that was. <laughs> he just goes down to his knees and hugs his midsection. Hold me. As the Hold whole me. cave starts blowing up. We didn't talk about I have a question. I have a question about that real real, real quick. So that happens after a struggle. Um, uh, Jack kills – well, he kills a bunch of people. He kills Kepler. He kills Morgus. And then uh, the uh, Salatine robot shot the guy that shot uh, Jack. The the android, though, wasn't injured, right? Like that that, that, – Whatever it is, engine thing that that Jack shoved Morgus's head into and then yes, killed him yep, and everything yep. like that didn't somehow destroy the android. So he because at first like I thought that the android was like was injured and like kind of you know went offline and was holding him up, but I think no, that I think that was actually alive. yeah he was right. So he said so his last order was like hold me yeah and the, if, if the planet didn't blow up they would just be there for the rest of time. <laughs> totally. He would just be he's holding a so skeleton. that's why I think it's so romantic. <laughs> So it was romantic. sort of like Titanic, and that was him yeah. falling down oh. into the ocean. And oh, uh, that so android nice. is Rose sitting on a door yeah. that there was plenty of room for two people. Yeah, but yeah. what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So that was fun. But yeah, so the whole the, – we didn't talk about sort of there's these mudslides, right, or these uh, – Oh, yeah. Things that – So that could have been the entire thing. We didn't need – this is why we didn't need the um, – the creature in the caves because we, yeah, we already had the built-in danger of these uh, mud eruptions. No, I, that was the whole. Yeah, I agree. That was the whole that. reason that Jack and and Morgus had the 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 uh, rivalry there, or the the vendetta that Jack had against Morgus was because he tried to double cross him at, with faulty equipment and wasn't able to tell that a mud eruption was coming, and that's how Jack got right. And uh, even the idea so that, of the double crossing yeah. or whatever is sort of suspect. Is it just in Jack's head that clearly right. the guy was negligent yeah. and did not install the safety measures or cheap, cheap equipment. Right. But right. For right. Jack, it was like he did it on purpose. Yeah. because He hated them. And we see the same thing. They're almost two sides of the same coin. Cause the other guy's also completely paranoid and vents yep. this whole story about the president trying to destroy yeah, yeah. him, even though, although obviously the president was aware that he was bad. I mean, because they were collecting yes. a sort of evidence against him, and they so right. You know. And the way that he was, I mean, there's the whole sub story of like um, 
this conglomerate had all these uh, factories on the west side, but they were closing the factories down and opening up work camps on the east side. So people that were ended up out of work would have we to go to these prison there, camps and so, so then he'd be over. Yeah, so he'd get the same labor but for free. And the president kind of called him out on that. That's when he's like his paranoia really ratcheted up before he killed him. And if you're going to so, kill oh, the president, cool. yeah, not the best plan. I think you're the only one in the office with him, and right. then he's like. Well, it's been a terrible accident, and she immediately knows the president's dead, right? Yeah, she like yeah. whatever, but it's like I don't know. And and, and shoot the shoot the elevator mechanic. Um, so I guess they're just gonna blame it on that guy who we we maybe had him dealt with. Him? I don't know. It was a little, no, she knew. She knew. She knew. But I'm saying for him, ah, like, Timmy was a little on suspicious the that the guy's up in his office and somehow mysteriously right. falls down it. I don't know. Maybe that happens all the time with that elevator. It's just dangerous. Yeah, it's um, at the bottom, there's just a pile of bodies of <laughs> previous presidents. Uh, uh, well, that's, what else is I there to talk about? I think, I think that was, that was all the good the, stuff. Uh, the end of Peter Davison, and oh. we enter what is a bad taste in both of our mouths uh, for I'm a, Colin Baker. Was such I'm a apprehensive. bad intro, man. That's not... The, I mm, honestly felt fun. like I hated this guy. Yeah. It could have been fun. It could have been a His fun introduction friendly it's just no it feels like he's just a dick he just feels re- I'm immediately pompous and that's just that that's di- that's okay when it's par- when it's earned or something but not the first words i, I don't no, know it's I a don't choice know. and he's making it and i don't know if he can sell it and we'll see we'll see what happens i guess we'll find out twin dilemma yeah look at us being all fair-minded um i don't think that's the case though um all right so okay we have a bunch of viewer we have a bunch uh, of stuff to get no, into right? Yes, we do. We have a, a bunch of things. We also we have um, a couple. We have an email. Um, we have some tweets and some comments from the website. Okay, so starting off here, um, I had asked you guys. I sent out on Twitter, letting you know that we were recording today um, and wanted to get some feedback. What did you guys think? Because as we said, we knew that this was one of the most well-regarded stories um, in Hoodum. Sorry about that. Um, So Dynamut says – Dynamut said that they liked the story a lot, um, and I I prompted why was that, and they responded, it has a sense of dread, and the villain is the right amount of over the top. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. That is exactly uh, what it feels like to me. Um, Did did you have any problem with the the amount of crazy and scenery chewing that Jack had? No. Did it it ever become too much? Not for me. Okay. I thought he was yep. a perfect balance of well, it made sense. Like he was it was like a Kylo Ren type reading where he's just overly uh, angry and it makes sense that he's angry because he was at the top of all of these of society and everybody loved him and he was super smart and then he he's vain and then he was terribly burned and so all of that self-hatred to me makes sense why he acts the way he does and He's smashing stuff and he's you know knocking stuff over and he's just very much a, a child in that way. I felt I, yeah. I felt like he was perfect. Yeah, right? I agree. Um, okay, great. I'm with you. Um, we also had another comment from uh, Andrew Stevens said uh, often cited as one of the best classic Doctor Who serials. I guess it is a solid choice with great performances and direction, but sure as Jack looks too much like the Phantom of the Opera if he was really into BDSM instead of music. Yes, it's that. I think it's absolutely true. Yeah, there is I will say that we that vibe going on with the leather yeah. and uh, everything else, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely read as Phantom of the Opera before before this uh, tweet came in. Uh, just to say, like, it definitely read as very Phantom of the Opera. Um, the whole thing with. The mask and the deformity and the capturing the pretty lady. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. But that's fine. Uh, we also got um, a note from user uh, Jeff Waddle that said, you know, it's held up as one of the best classic Who episodes, but I don't like it. It doesn't feel like Doctor Who to me. It feels too Blake 7, which well, is see, a show not that I'm not familiar Blake with. Seven, so maybe it does. Uh, maybe it does. I should watch Blake 7. Does that sound We're going to do a, a Blake 7 review podcast as well. Uh, he says, uh, continues, for me, it's nowhere near the classic. Uh, nowhere near the classic it's regarded as. So that's interesting. I mean, I, I'm just like any story. We're going to have people uh, feeling different ways about that. But uh, it does seem that um, he's in the minority in that case. But that's perfectly awesome. 
Uh, and then lastly, from our friend Christopher Paddock, uh, says, maybe it's me, but may, uh, but this story is an absolute joy. For a humorless and stiff doctor, Davison gets a fantastic send-off. Every scene counts, no chaff. I'd give it a 9 out of 10, only because Davison just doesn't have the extra 10% of Tom Baker. So uh, we see where your heart lies there. Uh, but I agree. Um, it, it was such... We've I've mentioned this before. This is one of my the things that I... I probably drone on about too much in our reviews is that some of these stories just feel padded even when they're just like four stories long or four episodes long for a story you, you could easily cut one of the sto- uh, episodes and it would be just fine and actually suit the story better i don't feel that was really the case in this one there's very little um that was flabby in it except like right, we said like monster. where i said like except for the monster that was the only thing that really could just cut and would have been even better but that's great. Thank you guys uh, for your reviews of uh, or for your your views on this story. Um, that really helps us to see uh, what other people feel about it. Um, we had a couple of reviews from the site. Again, that's uh, the old Doctor Who Show You can see the schedule um, and you can see our reviews for each of these stories um, listed there and in each of the episode pages um, on the site. Um, starting, I think at. Our review number 28 forward, um, there's a gift gallery at the bottom, uh, some silly gifts that I take from the show. Uh, but on the, uh, the page for Snake Dance, um, user Andrew says, uh, why did you have to mention that episode of The Greatest American Hero with the demonic possession Yo, and the empty out. wheelchair? <laughs> he says, that episode freaked me the hell out and left me with deep, unresolved mental trauma as a kid that you have brought back to the service. You'll be hearing from my legal team. Your only possible defense is that I was a wimpy kid and lots of things freaked me the hell out. That definitely had an impact on me, and I still think about that in the wheelchair and how that was crazy. I have absolutely no idea oh, what you're talking out, about. I think but. I probably talked about this on the same episode. There was a uh, Fantasy Island with, like, the devil or something that scared the hell out of me back then, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it does leave, uh, lastly, on a later note, I assume you have seen this and a link to a YouTube video of uh, Doctor Who versus Benny Hill versus Eminem versus Babelcore. Oh, I have not seen that. Uh, Babelcolor. Uh, it is pretty funny. Um, so it's just the Benny Hill. It's it's the Doctor and Companions running around Benny Hill style with the Benny Hill uh, yakety sacks in the background uh, mixed in with Eminem. It's pretty funny. Anyway, so that's great. Go to, go to, our, go to the Snake Dance show page and look at the comments for that one. Um, also on our podcast schedule page, I think it's the same user, says, uh, really enjoying the podcast for your second lap around. I am looking forward to your thoughts on Inferno. I remember it vividly from watching it as a child. I remember the time monster being incredibly tedious, so we have that to look forward to as well. Uh, might I suggest The Curse of Peladon as a good example of mid-era John Yeah, I would Pertwee definitely like craziness. to hear The Curse of Peladon. I mean, I've, I've yep. heard, I think uh, one of the big finish things about Peladin, or I have some audiobook or something where they talk about it, and it seems kind of cool, so I would I would recommend that we also do that. Okay. Uh, again, we'll we'll collect all of our, our recommendations from you guys, um, combine that with ones that we think that we should take a look at based on other sources on the on the interwebs, and we'll uh, we'll put them out there for some uh, from comment before when we get closer to the end. Uh, one more thing, Eric's favorite thing in the world. We have an iTunes review. Now this folks. is a, from another country, right? This is not a US this is from, store, so this is from the. That's UK. right. Yeah, we have a service to go and, and get those for us because we can't see it here. So this came in. This review came before our last uh, our last review, but I didn't see it and until to be afterwards. Clear, so America has let us down, right? Because we have not. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, America's failing in all, on all regards. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Thank you, UK. Um, so this is a five star review uh, by Hazard Stark in the UK. Um, titled in insane podcast that's better than i was gonna say inane podcast no it was insane podcast um the user says one thing i've always wanted is a show that reviews my favorite program favorite spelled with a u and program with two m's and an e i love it uh this yes this definitely this is definitely what i was looking for these guys are funny and they contain a lot of information for each episode they do i would absolutely highly recommend this podcast to anyone who's a fan of doctor who keep on going guys it's fantastic well, thanks. thanks. Well, w- when we get reviews like that, it makes it easier for yeah. us to actually continue and act- struggle from week to week uh, to get to the third week and uh, get to do this review. So thank you guys very much. And last but not least, um, guys, if you want to send us an email, uh, we will read whatever you send to us on the air. 
Uh, we got, uh, you can send an email to the old doctor who show at gmail.com. That's the old doctor who show at gmail.com. Listener Jim Carruth wrote to us uh, regarding the song I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. I think it was something that we mentioned yeah, in one of our previous. It, uh, and I had yeah. said that I believed that James Brolin had written it. Uh, because he had uh, was watching Barbara Streisand sleep, and how creepy and dumb I thought that that was, uh, and then Aerosmith had played it, and I was partially right. Um, whereas James Brolin was the inspiration. Well, let's get to it. Um, our listener Jim Carruth wrote, wrote to us this extensive background. I don't want to miss a thing. Diane Warren wrote the song, which is about treasuring every moment spent with another person. Diane Warren has written songs for Whitney Houston, Britney Spears, Marsha Hines, Christina Aguilera, Beyonce, TLC, Aaliyah, Elton John, Cher, Tina Turner, Brian Adams, Selena, Air Supply, Olivia Newton-John, Barbara Streisand, Aretha Franklin, Roberta Flack, Roy Orbison, Trisha Yearwood, Patti LaBelle, Michael Bolton, NSYNC, Gloria Stefan, Reba McIntyre, Enrique Iglesias, Paloma Fee, Russell Watson, Rod Stewart, RBD, Aerosmith, The Cult, Kiss, Ricky Martin, Faith Hill, Nico, Celine Dion, Mariah Carey, Braxton, Exposé, Lee Nash, Leanne Rhymes, Kiara, even the songwriter found a little too serious she told performing songwriter some of the lyrics I can stay awake just to hear you breathing I'd be like no don't do that watch me breathe uh, I won't be able to sleep do something else it's so funny because part of me would never want someone to say that to me but then again I wrote it you two really want to ask me the idea for this was by far Aerosmith's biggest hit on Zero's Hot 100, and their only chart topper. This song revitalized the group. As a whole new crop of fans discovered Aerosmith's music after the song began, it was number one in the U.S. for four weeks in September 1998 before becoming one of the most popular songs of the year. Please stop the podcast and put on side two. Uh, listener mail but as dan mentioned we have to read the thing and uh that we said we would that was a long one um so i hope you enjoyed that copy and paste from somewhere else feels a little bit really just sat down and wrote that long uh uh yeah yeah, uh well researched uh, well researched look into a song so yes apologies i was incorrect josh brolin did not write the song um, no, but was the inspiration. And You're wow, that the woman has written. Woman has written for quite a few. Uh, yeah. People. Yeah, a lot and of uh, big names in there. That it is uh, a little too syrupy sweet. So yes, Diane, you were right on the money there, sir. Well, I think that does it for all of the uh, listener feedback. Again, you can send us an email at theolddoctorwhoshow.com, and we will read that uh, on the next uh, story. On uh, iTunes. Please leave a review. On whatever iTunes store you happen to be connected to, the U.S. store, the U.K. store, the other stores in the world that I'm sure are existing. Um, You can also tweet at us at uh, TOW Show on the Twitter machine. Uh, We're on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash TODWS, as well as Instagrams at uh, instagram.com slash TODWS. Yay. So, and you can also follow us. Um, Eric is a successful and well-renowned comic book writer, so you should follow him if you like comics. Find successful. Uh, At... (laughs) Yeah, well, come on. Yeah, see, I, Relatively speaking. I, I am on the Twitter. I don't use uh, Twitter as much as I have before, and I'm used sort to. of weaning it out of my life, but I am on there at E. Grissom. And Dan, you are on there at Dan J. N. J. J. N. J. Yep, Dan J. N. J. on the Twitters. Um, so that's it, folks. Um, yeah, make sure you check out the show page, too, because I haven't made the gifts yet for this one, but I have a feeling we're going to have some good ones. Um, so if you want to take, take a look, you'll see those on our timeline on Twitter, on Instagram, and also oh, on the show page. Yeah, one other note, uh, thanks to Bernard for tweeting at us, but uh, oh, the, uh, Peter yeah. Wingard 
right? That was his name. The actor's name had passed away, which he sent us a link. And there's like one photo of him where he's got like no shirt on and this leather jacket. And he's got his arm around some woman and her hair's blowing back. That dude's a cool dude. Yeah. That was a cool dude. Uh, yeah, so he was so in thank our you last, for that. Uh, story that we did, uh, Planet of Fire. So if you haven't listened to that review, yeah. you can listen to it and uh, light a candle or pour some out for, for Peter. <laughs> Throw on your favorite leather jacket without a shirt and uh, enjoy. Uh, and with that, I think we're done. Yeah. So Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you again in three weeks. Bye. Bye.